guys can applaud. There's enough gum in there here to feed an army. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Is that you? Can we pass it out? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up. Thank God for his presence. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we came, Lord. For where your presence is, it's holy. We don't take that as a light thing, Lord. But just as Moses stood before the burning bush, we stand before your presence tonight, Lord. And we've called this place. We've declared it holy ground. We thank you for the power of your word tonight, Lord. Only you, Lord, can satisfy. Only you can transform and change us, Lord, into who you've called us to be. We thank you for that anointing. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for already speaking to our hearts. Thank you for already ministering life, health, and strength to everyone that's in this place tonight. We're not leaving the way we came, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, for the presence of heaven, the presence of heaven in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. David said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to be, dwell in tabernacles made of men. Father, we love you. We surrender. We yield ourselves, even this night, Lord, spirit, soul, and body, to thy precious word, to thy precious truth. We surrender, Lord, our ways and our opinions, our thoughts and our ideas, Lord, to the consuming power of your word. Refine us tonight, like the fuller's soap, Lord, and the refiner's fire, Lord, purify us till we come out looking like glass. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Brother Lavaku, if you come up here, my friend. I just, uh, just a little overwhelmed with his presence. He's so good. You can sit there, my friend. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? Lava's good, too. I want to preface this. I, I didn't pick Lava up here to pick on him. He's a fine young man. I love his heart. I love his spirit. I love the purity and the innocence of his life. But I'm also going to use him to illustrate the word that I have tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn into the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. We're in the Freedom Series, is what we've been talking about. And the Lord just put this word in my spirit about being clothed. What are we clothed with? I love this passage. I've had this, I've always enjoyed this passage of Scripture. Because it's the picture of redemption. It's the pic picture of the work of Christ in each and every one of our lives. But it starts there with verse 1. It says, and he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. 
And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. I want to title this message tonight, Who or What Are You Wearing? I know some of you keep up with the latest fashion trends. I'm not one of those. I think Gracia told me not too long ago that I was wearing a hat from, was it the 90s? Is that what you told me? That bargain I used to wear? Spider. I thought it was all right, but, you know, hey, I'm 50 now, not 15, so I don't try to be 15. I'm not wearing Lularoos. I'm not wearing tight jeans. Skinny jeans, I'm sorry. Don't get too excited, brother. But it is important what we're clothed in. And in the world, you have events like the red carpet. You have the Emmys and the Grammys and all those things. And, and everybody's watching all around the world to see who's going to wear what and what they're wearing. You have Gucci. You have many, many different, different, what, Aeropostle, Nike. You've got, let's, what's, what's some of the big names there? Gracia, come on, fire them at me here. <laughs> what is it? Louis Vuitton, Vera Wang. She's that, she's that dress designer, right? I'm wearing, I'm wearing Vera Wang, huh? <laughs> well, it, it's, and it's funny, and I, I just heard uh, Steve Harvey is actually the, he's now this, this trendsetter for fashion in, his, in the men's category because he was raised in church was taught to dress his finest. Well, now they, they look to him and they want him wearing the, the top-of-the-line suits in the world. And, and it, people will say it's not the suit that makes the man, but the man that makes the suit. But the Bible also says man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. So you're in this world and not of this world, but it's important what we're clothed in. I got my buddy Zachy here, Joshua, the high priest, He's got a little bit of torn and tattered garments, filthy. So that's, and it's funny because it's, it's very specific here. It said he was the high priest. So he wasn't just a common folk. But the Bible says our righteousness is what? Filthy rags. I don't stand before the Lord in my own righteousness. If I did, because I, and I think even standing here, this is a, this is a holy thing. And thank you. Thank you. I, I never take it lightly for the opportunity to preach or teach in this pulpit. It is, a, it is an honorable thing. And it's a holy thing. And uh, a great responsibility. There's a great awe that even comes on you to realize uh, that you're able to declare the truth of God's word and to affect and to impact change in the body of Christ. But clothes are of great significance, both in the world and also in the Bible. Uh, you know, Pastor spoke this morning on be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We deal with a lot of conformity to this world. One guy said it, the world looks more like the church, and the church is trying to look like the world. And there has to be a separation from that. I think of the scripture where the Bible says, the, the whole world, a whole earth groaneth and travaileth and waiteth for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. The world's waiting for you to manifest his glory. The world's waiting for me to manifest his presence in the earth. 
You've heard it many times. You're the only Jesus that people will see. Remember what Jesus, they, 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 they dealt him that card. Show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So uh, is it sacrilegious for us to say, you want to see Jesus? Look at my life. Look at the picture. The image that you see in my life is a reflection because I'm clothed with him. I've put on Christ. And I want to jump ahead of myself. The, our clothes reflect our status, our values, and even our priorities. In the New Testament, clothes sometimes represented sicknesses and diseases. The lepers were clothed a certain way. The blind man was clothed with a special garment, gave him a right to beg in the city, right? And that was his identifier. That's blind Bartimaeus. He had an identifier. The women of off color, I'll be kind because there's young folks here, were identified by certain clothing. Even in the Old Testament, one of the, one of the patriarchs saw a woman and identified her that way. It ended up being his, his daughter-in-law when it was all said and done because he gave her his signet. But there, the, the point is they were identified by the clothing they wore, what they, were, what they had put on. Clothes represent sanctification and purification. The priest could not go in. You know, when, when the priest went in to minister in the temple, in the holy place, there had, they couldn't walk in with street clothes. They couldn't walk in with what they were farming in, what they went out, what they were going on the town with. There had to be a, a, a cleansing. There had to be a removal of the natural garments and a, a special garments that were prepared for them to enter. I think of that everything's so beautiful in the scripture because it's a picture of God, God's purposes and plans for us in the earth and for us to enter into. What's it say? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those were three entrances into the Holy of Holies. That's what they called them, the way. So every place that you walked into, you were entering in through the veil of the blood of the Lamb. You were going in, you were putting on the Lord Jesus as you were entering into his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. They took, it, they took it as significance. And I think sometimes we've lost that person, that personal idea of what am I clothed with? What have I put on? How does the world recognize me? And I'm preaching to myself, as I always say, if this doesn't mean anything to you, I'm changed by it. And the Lord spoken through me, to me through it. The priests were sanctified and separated for the service of the Lord by the garments they wore. So Joshua over here is clothed. And I want to take this. Can I have that garment? I'll finish with that scripture there. Because this is the work of salvation, most importantly, in life. It says because of, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So he's looking at Joshua here, and look at him. He's dirty. He's filthy. He's unworthy. He's not clothed. He's clothed with the world. He smells like the world. He looks like the world. I love you, Lala. But look at torn garments. I mean, the, the devil even knows. You don't come before the presence of Almighty God that way. You don't come with worldly apparel. Worldly things, the world hanging all over you, smell like the world. Like one guy said, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, 
acts like a duck? It's a fly. It's a duck. But thank God for the redemptive work of Calvary. What did it do? And this was a picture of it in the scripture. He was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Brother Stephen, come up here for a second. And he answered and spake to those that stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garments. Close your eyes, he's about to get naked. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. The work of Calvary is that very thing. I was covered in my sin. I was stained with that that could not be purified. No righteousness of my own could ever make me right in right standing before God. But even through the work of redemption, what does it continue to say here? I'll, I'll go on and read. It says, and he said, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head. And they clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and also shalt keep my counts, my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua, a high priest, thou and thy fellows that, will, that sit before thee, for they are men wandered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. This is a prophecy of Jesus coming. And behold, the stone which I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes, the seven spirits of the Lord. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. How about a one day 2,000 years ago? Hallelujah. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. First of all, we're clothed with salvation. Go to Galatians real quick. This is my, you can go ahead and sit down. I won't keep you up here all the time. He looks good though, don't he? Thank you, brother. Go over to Galatians chapter three. Look at your neighbor on either side and say, what are you wearing? <laughs> Who are you clothed with? Ouch and amen. Galatians chapter three, verses 26. We'll start there. The work of redemption. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And that's a great thing. That's what happens at redemption. And I call this 
I call three levels of sanctification in, in the life of a believer. That level of sanctification is instant sanctification. Just as, if, just as if I've never sinned before. That's justification by the blood of Jesus. So I'm instantly at that moment, Brother Stephen, every sin I've ever committed is washed away. I'm a new creature in Christ. The old things, the old filthy garments been passed away. New creature, new life is now established. I'm a new creature. A new species that's never existed before is what the translation says. The Bible says in 1 Peter, you don't have to turn there, but 2.9, it calls us a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what I call instant sanctification. For 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm clothed with Christ. And I, I mean, Brother Steve and I were talking about this not long ago. And I think if we, if we as believers really understood, Pastor, I don't come before the Lord because of the good I've done. I don't do it because I'm a tither. That's wonderful. I obey the scripture there. I don't do it because I had a good week and I didn't lie, I didn't cheat or steal that week. So I got access to him. I don't come before him on my own behalf. I would never gain access. That's not what gives me permission to go before the throne of God. It doesn't give me permission to access the heavenlies. But when God sees me clothed with Christ, when, he, when I know as a believer, I know who I am and who Christ has made me to believe, then I come before the throne of God merely and solely on the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ. And that veil, just as a mercy seat, was covered with the blood of animals. And God looked at the mercy seat and he no longer saw the sin, he only saw the blood. When I come before the throne of God, he sees me covered by the blood of Jesus. He doesn't see this, this mortal flesh. He sees a sanctified uh, Christian born again by the blood of Jesus. And I have access. Why do I come? Because we were talking about this and I said, you know, people so many times will exercise the name of Jesus. Well, pastor, just say the name of Jesus. Whatever you want, you just add the name of Jesus to it and it's going to happen. And it sounds so simple because we just add a name. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that at the mention of that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Sounds wonderful. But there's also a story in the Bible where men tried to use that name but didn't understand the authority or were not clothed with that name. They come forth before the, the devils and said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Didn't know that name. Hadn't, didn't have an identity that, with that name. He said, Paul I know, and Jesus I know, but we don't know you. you. You don't have the same clothing. You ain't wearing the same attire that they're wearing. Hallelujah. Secondly, we're clothed by separation from the world and sanctification by the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 says, to make them holy, cleansing her. He's talking about the church here. What's it saying? Cleansing her by the washing of the water of the word. James chapter 1, verse 27 says, keeping himself unspotted from the world. 
It's important what garments you're wearing. And what you're wearing, there's things you have to put on and there's things you have to take off. We're back to the fashion show, Sister Gracia. There's garments you've got to get rid of. You say, well, don't that all happen at, at Calvary? It's all under the blood, right? Well, the Bible talks about sanctification. It talks about putting off certain things. I'm going to go there in Scripture. Turn your Bibles to Colossians real quick. Because a lot of time in our Christian walk, we struggle with these things. I love your lives. When I see you, I see Jesus. I see him in your eyes. I hear him in your voice. I see him in your walk. How many want to be there? Because, you know, like I said, people say it all the time. It's a cliche frame. You're the only Jesus that people will see. If my nature is not, if, if the nature, if all they see is me, they're going to be sorely disappointed. But when they see Jesus, how do you know these things? It's not I that live. How, how do you have great faith? It's not mine. It's the faith of God that I've allowed to manifest in my heart and life. It's transforming my mind. You don't think I don't doubt? You don't think I have a nature in me sometimes to say, well, I don't, I don't see how, Lord. I don't know how that's going to happen. That I put under. That I take off. Every way of teaching that disagrees with the word of God. Every idol, I don't give it place. Give no place. Every thought, the Bible says, that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. What do you do? You cast it off. Don't give it place. Wherever the enemy has been allowed to operate in your life on that old nature, put it under and throw away the key. Give no place to the devil, the Bible says. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for. Some people say, well, I just left the crack open. That's all he needs. He'll be on your couch. He'll be in your refrigerator, eating your food, sleeping in your bed. Because he wants control. He, he wants nothing more than to see that old nature. And you'll watch people. When, I can't do it apart from him, Sister Lisa. Apart from him, I can do nothing. But with God. All things are possible. In him we live and move and have our being. When I understand I'm connected in Christ and I start seeing the transformation in my life and I start the Lord, the Holy Spirit's working with that word. That, that, that's why it's so important. Why do you say, why do we pray so much around here? Why do we always get, get in your word, read the Bible? Why do you got so much? I mean, gee whiz, you're so religious about that stuff. Because we understand that's the, that's the thing that's changing us. That's the thing that's transforming us. That's the thing that make us more like, look more like Jesus every day. And that's what's going to change the world. It's not the good that I, my righteousness is as filthy rags. But if I can allow the nature of Christ to, to dwell on the inside of me, then others will be set free. Lastly, I love this part. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're clothed with incorruptible and immortal. Hallelujah. I told you, your mind can be transformed. Your spirit man has been transformed. You're a new creature. You're, you're a brand new creature, never existed before, but you live in this body. And should the, world, the Lord tarry, this body's gonna go by way of the death. It's gonna go by way of the grave. This is what we call corruptible, Brother Stephen. This is mortal. Go out and stand in front of a bus. You'll realize you get a quick revelation of what I'm talking about. This thing will pass away. But I love what Paul's talking about here. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting with verses 51 there. 
Behold, I send you, a, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, O death, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle was dissolved, we have a building of God, hallelujah, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Hallelujah. Now he that hath wrought in us for the selfsame thing is God, wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who hath also given us unto the earnest of the Spirit. That's called ultimate sanctification. The last thing that will be, it'll be swallowed up. I love that. He, God doesn't want to find us naked. Brother, Mr. Lee, if you'll come to the, the keyboard there. I think of the scripture where the, the wedding supper, and they were all invited. And they came, to the, they came to the supper. And he says they went out. Many had excuses, said, I've got to go do this, I've got to do that. But the master said, finally, go out in the highways and byways. And, and compel them to come in. Ask them. Just, just send out an, a, a widespread invitation. I love it. Whosoever will. And the Bible says there came one in afterward. It always talks about the parable of the five, five wise and five foolish virgins as well. They came in afterward. They didn't come in with the bridegroom. But it says very specifically there, he said, how did you come in here unclothed? Why didn't you have wedding garments on? See, when we get ready, hallelujah, he's going to take off this incorruptible and he's going to put a new body, hallelujah, a glorified body. There won't be spot or wrinkle. And finally, as it says that it groans, our spirit groans, waiting for the adoption, that when that final day comes, I'm completely made whole, spirit, soul, and body. And I'm gonna look just like him. The Bible says, as he is in this world, so are we. 
do we reflect the image of Jesus? As you look over our lives, I gotta look in the mirror. Did I look like Jesus Friday after work when it was about closing time and I'd had it up to here with everything? Did I look like Jesus? Did I talk like you? Did I love like you? What nature, what did I give place to in my life? What, did, what have I put off? What in me in my life, the Lord said, Don, I can't do that anymore. I had mercy and I had grace for those things in your life. God doesn't excuse sin, but thank God for his mercy. We all need mercy. But he's put his finger on it. He says, son, we're going to have to deal with that. We're going to have to deal with that attitude. We're going to have to deal with that disobedience in that area. He said, whom I love, I chastise. Thank God for a God that loves us so much. He wants to bring us into alignment in every area of our life. Because one simple thing. He says, I just want to make you more like me. How many want to be more like Jesus? In every area of our lives. Till I be conformed to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. And I love the picture too. For those that once knew the Lord and decided, I'm just going to do it my way, Pastor. I know God's got a good way, but I just, I got to be, I got to be me, Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. And I went and I did my thing. And the world chewed me up. The world took my money, took my identity. Here I am naked, bruised, battered, hungry, and I'm in the pig pen of life. Getting ready to eat the slop they feed pigs. Life's just a mess. Can't return home, surely. I mean, I'm clothed with filthy garments. Daddy would never want me back home again. I stink. I smell just like the pig. He said, but man, his servants, his servant, he treats his people so well. God loves people more than anything. And he loves us. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen. What a wonderful picture. Because the prodigal finally said, I realize where I missed it. I see the mistakes I've made. I saw the shortcomings. Dad was right. I thought I could do it on my own. I thought my way was better than his. But he finally came to himself. And the Bible says while he stood afar off, he'd already rehearsed it in his mind how it was going to work out. I'm just going to tell Dad, you only have to claim me as your own. Just let me back in the house. Let me back on the property. There was blessing there. There was peace there. I haven't had peace for months. I haven't had rest. I've been tormented. Crying his heart. But oh, what a loving father. God said, son, I don't care how far you've fallen. Daughter, I don't care how, how many times you've missed it. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. This is while he stood afar off. The father ran to him. I just love God. I'm sorry. I'm a weeper. Hey. He ran to him. And the son said, listen, I already rehearsed this.
get the best robe. Kill the fatted calf. My son that was lost has come home. Oh, what a picture of redemption. What a picture of God. You know, the Lord encouraged me this word. And I, and I don't know if it's for somebody watching or somebody here. But as I was meditating, you know, you get discouraged sometimes. You get frustrated. But I heard this strongly in my spirit. He said, Don, you know, Judas lost out with me. And he said, there was others. Saul, Saul lost out with me. But he said, I didn't quit on them. They quit on me. So I want to encourage you, if you're in this room tonight, or if you're watching by, by television, on the internet, don't quit. Don't quit. Be determined, even like that prodigal son. I'm coming back to the house. I'm coming back to the Father. Let him restore you. Let him take off. If there's something in your life, and I thank God, Pastor Miranda, the service you had last week, things that people have been dealing with. People are set free in here. Thank God for that. But you've got to be willing to let those things go. Whatever it is, your identity. You know, some of us are stuck in our image of who we think who we think we want people to think we are. Sister Brenda, sometimes we want people to think we're this. I can't show my true colors because if they really saw me, I don't know if they'd like me or not. We hide behind our own image of what we think. As everyone is standing tonight. Hallelujah. to the image of Christ. God's looking for a people in this hour and in this generation that'll be sold out. The Bible says that Lot was vexed with the spirit of this world. Abraham didn't choose Sodom. He said, come out from amongst them and be you separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Whatever it is in this world, whatever it is, and I say that with, with a pure heart tonight before the Lord. Lord, whatever it is in my heart, in my life that displeases you, that I set no wicked thing before my eyes, that I don't get caught up in the culture of this world and the climate of this world, and it's robbing my identity in Christ. Somebody needs the Jesus in you. So I asked you tonight, if you just want more of him, if you want more of the nature of Christ throughout your life, and you'll be honest enough to say, Holy Spirit, I yield myself tonight. Whatever it is in my life that is not clothed with the image of Christ, I, I surrender that. 